Hi, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank everybody for joining me again. And in case you don't know who I am or are familiar with me, my name is Dee, and this is my podcast, Let Me Clear My Throat. I've created this site to touch base on things that others may feel, say, or maybe wish that were said more often. Now, I understand that my thoughts and my words and even my research ethics may not meet everyone's approval. However, I do respect that and can appreciate your First Amendment right, as I hope that you respect mine as well. Now, to give you a better understanding on topics that I'm passionate about, pretty much in a nutshell, you, me, our nation, God, and of course, everything in between. Now, my site is not intended to patronize anybody, nor is it to state that I'm an opinionated person that is not willing to listen or try to understand others. I've been through a lot of moments in my life. However, I respect the experiences, opinions, feelings, and well-beings of others. I do not, nor will I ever, go out of my way to ever personally hurt anybody. Now, today's topic, I have named it, Riddle Diddle Dee, I See Something You Can't See. Riddle Diddle Dee, hmm, I See Something You Can't See. Do you remember playing that game? Boy, I sure do. That is how most of us kill time, I believe, with one another, and even some of us may even learn their colors that way. It also helped us to be creative and notice the surroundings that are around us. Now, fast forward as an adult, do you still play this game? Maybe with your children? Or maybe a teacher teaching your youngins their colors and even how to be creative on trying to find those colors. Now, what if you take all those colors away and maybe you add something else instead? I don't know, like maybe different kinds of flowers or houses or maybe even different types of cars. What if you added animals, landmarks? I don't know, maybe while on a hike or on a vacation adventure. Or maybe even different types of, I don't know, what else could we add? I don't know, maybe we can point out who matters and who doesn't. Who's more noticeable? Maybe someone who we can make fun of and talk about. Never thought about playing that game that way. Well, I guess that could bring us back to the next um, option that comes to my mind. The mind itself. So how is it okay that we can believe in Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny, maybe the Tooth Fairy, and even God? All that made to be so real to some, but not so real to another. However, they play all the above sometimes when the time is right or the holiday season is in. But let's take it deeper than that. How about a reality that you can see, but not with your own eyes? Why is it that society is okay dedicating a certain time of the year, decorating and believing in something and trying to bring families together all at one time of the year? Let's, hey, let's get the whole family together and celebrate a holiday, but ignore each other for the rest of the year. Maybe one doesn't even remember even having ever even physically seen the Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny or the Tooth Fairy or even God. <clears throat> but yet they're strong believers in it and they may even pass this believe make believe if you will onto their children and so on and so on now please don't get me wrong i'm not trying to imply one bit that i am not strong in my faith or believe in god 
So I hope nobody takes it that way. And if you do, I apologize. Um, and I hope you continue to listen to me before you, you know, freak out and think otherwise. Because that's not where I'm going with it. So we go through life being taught that Santa Claus, the Tooth Fairy, the Easter Bunny, and even God. Or maybe you never were taught about any of them because it was against your religion or your beliefs. In that case, honestly, I applaud you for being able to survive society excuse me, and put your efforts into the world and make him work with what was best for you and what you believed in without letting other people take that away from you and make it any more difficult than what they probably already did anyway. And I couldn't even imagine being in that situation because society has been nothing but difficult. Especially when it comes to make-believe. Or trying to overplay a holiday and give it a month or a week celebration. But yet don't put celebration and month and week celebrations in other places that are more vital and more necessary in the world. Why can't we have family time month? Why can't we have family nights? I used to have family nights with my children. Every Tuesday we had family night. We either went out to eat and went shopping or the movies or we stayed home, ordered pizza in and watched movies and played the radio and, and danced around and been, it was silly and played board games. But we did it every Tuesday. The phones were turned off, nobody was allowed over and it was just us for family time. Hmm. No. <clears throat> You might be sitting there thinking, yeah, that would be nice in an ideal world. But you just don't have time. Well, I can understand that because we all are a little scattered in a million directions that sometimes I'm sure it seems. But you should always make time for your family. I went into the doctor's office the other day and I looked around the room and every single person had an electronic device in their hand. And I understand the doctor's office is boring, but your kid's sitting next to you. You know, or the kid's on something. You know, a tablet or a phone or whatever, and they're sitting next to you. Talk to them. Play riddle diddle dee. Just a thought. You know, I saw a, a, a meme that went around Facebook, and there was an elderly couple, a younger couple, and two kids sitting on a, a, a sofa couch. Like a sectional. And every single one of them had an electrical, electronical device in their hands of some sort. And they were all sitting right next to each other. Hmm. But I guess the only way you would believe me is if I post something like that on Facebook or TikTok, huh? That seems to be the way of the world anymore. Let's talk about others and post about others and put our private lives and our relationships out there. Troubles pass around and people just start gossiping about and then get mad because someone made a comment on something that you posted or somebody knows your business. It goes viral. You put it on the internet net, or the internet, and it's viral. And some people try to make their spouse look like a piece of doo-doo, but they want to kick someone's butt for talking crap or trying to disagree with something that was pertaining to them. Your personal life should be your personal life. If you got, and I understand people need to reach out to somebody. I, I totally get that. Everybody always needs somebody to talk to. But there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. 
That's like me making a podcast and thinking that everybody should have an opinion about me having an opinion. If you post it, guess what? It is viral. But it's up to you on if it spreads like a disease or if it's a remedy and a cure for someone or something. Or if it's important enough to even go viral in the first place. But also remember other things that go viral. Your pictures. Pictures of your families. Pictures of your kids. Pictures of your backgrounds. And it does happen. People can take things from a simple snapshot and find somebody's residence. I know that for a fact because I've done it. I took two pictures off of a post of somebody that I knew and I was concerned about. Two different pictures of two situations and based off those two pictures, I was able to pinpoint the background and found that exact house that I needed to find. And I didn't even know where to begin, but I knew the background. Well now, maybe we should take this a little farther into the conversation. And I hope you go along with me. So where am I taking this podcast? I could say the sky's the limit. But Mankan has already ruined that for us in every direction. So let's just stay grounded to where we are most familiar with. But yet not. Our minds. Now technology has made it more and more possible for our minds to be manipulated. But they can also be creative as well. However, how does that leave us when the headgear, so to speak, is taken off? Where is your mind at then? Can you still tell virtual to reality? What about augmented reality? You know, when the two worlds are combined together? Yeah, in case some people don't know, that is an actual thing. And sometimes it's hard to tell one from the other with today's technology. Holograms are a thing of existence, along with other things. And I've only found this out by doing other research on a different project that I was working on. Sadly, though, we can add this to the rest of the so-called real world. And what do you have? I don't know. I guess it depends on what game you're trying to play or who you're trying to play or where you're trying to play it. Now, the person that may not be exposed to such, such technology may not even know what any of this is even like. Well, me for one. I had no clue. I have never had any type of virtual reality or augmented gear on that I know of. However, here I am on my own little world going through a life that seems to be made up of everything and anything, but only in a real human form, if you will. Now, everybody's vision, of course, is different. Well, for argument's sake, we're going to say this is true. Because again, you know, I could be wrong and maybe we are all, you know, let's just say we all have the same perspective on this vision. However, I'm going to take my chances and say we all have different vision perspectives. So where are we going to go with all of this D, you might be thinking. Do we have the same vision or we don't have the same vision? Because I'm just confused on what you said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you brought your thinking cap because I'm going to give you something I hope that you think about yourself. Now, with that being said and being the way it is, let's spin this conversation in the direction of human reality and how we as a person display our eyes to not only around the world, 
but also on ourselves as well. When you look at another person, do you try to actually see them for what you perceive them to be? How they want you to see them? Or how it really honestly is? Or can you even really tell the difference? How do you even know the difference? Does this reflect on how you start seeing yourself? Do you look at yourself the same way or feel the same way after crossing the path of another person or even maybe you have another thought about a certain person that may or may not mean something to you? Maybe they say one thing and make you see it a certain way because you believe what they say, but yet then their actions don't reflect the same as what they're trying to make you see. So their actions don't back up their words. What then? Do you change your vision perspective on that person? Do you continue to see them with, I don't know what they say, with blinders on? What if someone you, what if it's someone you love? Silly enough, they used to have a saying that went around in my generation that love is blind. Hmm. I don't know. Do you see love with your eyes or do you feel it with your heart? Or is it all that just a metaphor? Because I learned in medical school that the heart is very capable of some amazing things. Now, I can't physically see my heart, but I can hear a sound that makes a noise in my chest area. And, well, I've been told by a whole lot of people in my life that I've got one. So, yeah, there's that. But why does it matter if it is blind? Blind people matter, right? Well, I can attest to a fact for a fact because my mother is blind and well, she matters. I love her with all my heart, so to speak, as I have other areas of my heart for other people and I also other normal heart required things, but I do love my mother with all my heart. She does mean the world to me, but my mother is blind. Now, after this person says and acts contradictory to you, does this then make you feel like differently? I don't know. I guess are there contradictions worth the already overworked and underappreciated heart's time of yours? Maybe they are not good with their words, but they are great at showing you with their actions. Or maybe they're not so good with putting something together to surprise you, if that's even possible for you to be surprised. Because how is somebody supposed to surprise you if you're all the time trying to check up on them? Or trying to see what they're doing. Or trying to do this. Or how are they supposed to surprise you? Yet instead they have the words or the voice that can melt you like a popsicle on the 4th of July. So how do you feel and look now? Do you have a look of disgust? Or are you glowing? Have you ever looked in the mirror lately? Or do you depend on a filter from your cell phone? Either way, do you see yourself the same as the other person may see you? I would hope not. Then the two of you would be in each other's heads. And well, if it's anything on my head, we don't want to be there. And we already, I'm sure we already know how loud our own heads are. And to add somebody else up inside from the outside world, that's just way too much to even fathom. Or even maybe even to handle, to even look at or see. Especially to an outside person looking in. Which can make you feel inside out. Well, that sounds crazy. Which part? I don't know. All the above, maybe? 
or maybe even self-denial. Either way, why does it have to be crazy? Why does it need to be anything but what it is, realistic to someone? Regardless if it's you. Maybe it's real to the other person, or maybe it is real to someone you don't even know, but yet face the same type of similarity and insecurity. I had a close friend once that struggled on a daily basis with people that just didn't understand this level of depth that they battled continuously. Craziness, as society and some family and friend members would call it. Maybe even blaming a drug or an alcohol as the reasoning and the fact of what they saw or what they perceived this person to be. I would tell them, just because it isn't real to me, doesn't mean it isn't real to you. That in itself makes it real. Even if nobody else sees or hears what you do, doesn't make any less real to you. It doesn't mean you're crazy. Why can't they be the crazy one for being judgmental and condescending? Why does it have to be so negative towards a battle you already fight so much continuously with your own mind? that they never take the time to see. And if they did, what would they really see? Because everybody is different on how they handle every case and scenario, every trauma, every event of our lives. Even if it's the same situation, identical. Everybody's action and everybody's perception and everybody's emotions are different on how they react with their response and how it affects them. That is like saying just because my blind mother can't see means, you know, some, means it isn't real. Mm -hmm. In that case, let me close my eyes so I don't see how insensitive and negative judgmental people and abusive people that continue to endure her on a constant battle. Sometimes people, I guess, think that just because she's blind, that she's deaf too. Because let me tell you, some of them talk pretty freaking loudly at her. When one of us tell them that she's blind and visually impaired and can't see them nod or shake their head or even know that they're even there to begin with, sometimes she has to tell them, uh, I'm blind, I'm not deaf. As a matter of fact, my hearing is stronger than my eyes and probably stronger than yours. Funny how they have eyes, but they can't see her. And they can't tell that she's blind. But find it okay to talk around her or at her instead of to her. How are blind people supposed to look anyway? Well, a lot of people say that my mom and I do favor a lot, so I guess she looks like me or I look like her, but I guess since she's my mom, then I would have to look like her because she's older, obviously. I don't know. I'm not blind, thank God. So how do people see us in the same similarity when... I don't know. How close do we have to look together? Do they even see her at all? Are they blinded because she's blinded so then they overlook her? She doesn't matter because she can't see anyway? I know, I know it's not the same thing, but yet it is. For instance, let's say a robber comes in. Knock on wood. <laughs> um, that they don't. And, but my mother doesn't see them, you know, because she's blind. So because she doesn't see them, 
does that mean that he really isn't here? But if I see him, and then he's only here in the moments that I saw him? But because my mom didn't see him, then he didn't exist. But because I saw him, he did. Sounds kind of silly, doesn't it? Yeah, imagine how my mom feels. Or how someone that struggle, struggles with visual aids or even has aided visual problems feel. Why does society continue to downgrade this vision? Maybe the person is gifted in a way you were not made to see. Or maybe you are the one that is visually blinded by your own opinion and lack of compassion and understanding for something you don't understand. There are people in this world that see and hear things that others don't. Why do we have a hard time believing in that, but can't believe, but we can believe in Santa Claus, so we can believe in the Easter Bunny, we can believe in the Tooth Fairy, we can even believe in God. Do you think that maybe they might have been given a special ability and a gift that maybe you didn't receive? How many people do you see talking to themselves? Maybe they're praying. Maybe they got a Bluetooth in their ear. Maybe they're just having a really good day and they're happy. Or maybe their other personalities have some really good ideals and they're trying to have a meeting. I don't know. Does that make them wrong? Or maybe they were chosen to be the one to choose how to handle their gift. And they struggle because of society. Maybe the struggle is not in their own mind. It's the struggle of how society has made them feel about their minds. Maybe your gift was supposed to be a little less of a negative Nancy or a Debbie Downer or a Joe Blow. Or I guess in today's time and day, it's a Karen. Is that a Karen less, a Karen more, or a Karen on these nuts? Gee, I don't know. My name is D. And does that make me nuts? Or does that need to relate to a sexual manner? And I've had to have some really good comebacks when people say stuff like that about that. And you know what? I'll be the first one to say before them. I say, yeah. It is these nuts. Both of these nuts. And I am nuts. I'm crazy. And it ain't from... <clears throat> I am crazy. Yeah, that usually shuts them up. Maybe because, for one, they don't know what the freak to say. And two... Because maybe they're not expecting my comeback. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't care what your name is. Why do you have to label it? Why does it have to have a label? It's mean. It's hurtful. It's traumatizing. It's stereotyping. It's branding a good human being and a name that their parents chose to give them that is now tainted because society wants to give it a name. Why not a Justin? You know, just in case you see things in another person's perspective than your own. Maybe there is a negative Nancy. Negative towards how you've made her feel. Maybe there's a Debbie Downer. Because your remarks have depressed her and made her feel down and depressed. Maybe there is a Joe Blow that has resorted to smoking something to calm his nerves because the way his life has made him feel. Or maybe Justin is just tired of being on call all the time because someone needs a truck or he's just so handy. 
hell, maybe I am just freaking nuts. Or maybe just not to be such a name-calling... Maybe there just shouldn't be so much name-calling in the world. Were my parents the only one that ever taught you if you can't say something nice, don't say it at all? Were they the only ones who taught me that it's okay to be different? Maybe as a kid I learned more than my fair share growing up. I was called a lot of names and made fun of a lot. Sometimes it really made me cry. A lot. You know, and it and it affects you growing up because it does something to your self-esteem. It does something to who you are and how you feel about yourself, but how you also think people feel and look at you. Because they could look at you and feel a certain way, but you wouldn't notice it because your self-esteem has been downgraded so bad that you've actually been in tears over such trauma. That you have not been able to see it or feel it any other way that's been other than negativity. So when somebody comes up and tells you you're beautiful or you got beautiful hair or a nice smile or beautiful eyes or they like your outfit or, or whatever the case may be, it's hard for you to believe that. Although it feels good, but you're like, <laughs> yeah, thanks or whatever. Why? And it's so hard to take a compliment these days. How do you think the world looks? Pretty messed up, huh? Yeah, well, guess what? You are made to think you don't matter. Even if you are the chosen one. And that's terrible to think. I am so sick and tired of hearing people, you know, how someone or something matters this or matters that more than another. You know, the blah, blah, blah. You know... That's just, everybody matters. Everybody's opinion matters. Everybody's thoughts matters. Nobody should be any more dominant than the other one. However, there are right ways and wrong ways to go about it. Everything and everyone matters. We are all in this together. If you feel differently, I pray you find a way to see yourself in a more beautiful filter of your own life. Because I am so sorry if you've ever been made to feel less than beautiful than what you are. Because one, that society has been conditioning you on to wear does not match your beautiful smile and your twinkling eyes, your silly laugh, your gentle touch, your soft voice, caring heart, or your funny sense of humor, or just your absolute presence in this world lights it up. You know, people that wear glasses have a visual impairment and are even called names such as four eyes. Yeah, well, four eyes, they're better than two. That's just mean and unnecessary. Why does somebody need to be a bully that way? Does, why does someone, what do, who gains out of that? What do you gain by being mean to somebody by saying something like that? How is that okay? Does that really make you feel like a better person? People who wear glasses, they spend a lot of money to see people in this world like that. They pay a lot of money to be made fun of. They pay a lot of money to make feel like they are ugly and not worth looking at. What if they what if they really did have four eyes? You know, like the old saying said, my mom used to say, I have eyes on the back of my head. Well, that's kind of a visual. <laughs> 
then she would take her glasses off and she'd put them on the back of her head and say, see? <laughs> Sadly, though, I am saddened by that because I know all too well the struggle my mom went through all of my life with her vision. Sometimes not even be able to afford a new pair of glasses or even go to a much needed appropriate doctor to have her eyes checked, if you will. I took her one time to get new glasses because hers were being held together by tape. Fortunately for me at the time, I was able to afford to help her out and was able to get her some new ones and was able to surprise her with them at the eye doctor. And I remember telling her, I got a surprise, mom. I got a surprise for you, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. Which, you know, of course, people hate that. <laughs> tell me, tell me. She's like, well, would I want to have my picture taken? I said, well, you might. She said, well, I want to buy new clothes. You might. Well, I want to get my hair done. You might. And I said, but I'm not telling you. So you can keep guessing, but you might want to do all that. I didn't want to say because you might feel pretty enough to want to do that. So when I pulled up in the parking lot, I was at a strip mall. So she still had no idea where we were going. At this time, my mom could see. And we pulled up. And I looked at her and I said, we're going to get you glasses. And she about cried in the parking lot. Now, back in the day, though, things were a lot different. Cost of living and insurance and all that stuff was different. So it was paid out of pocket. So about $600 later, my mom had a new pair of glasses. She was feeling happy and she could see and she felt pretty and she didn't feel like she was ugly wearing taped up glasses and feeling embarrassed. However, my dad, he felt happy and bad at the same time. And it made me cry. And actually, I cried when I wrote this. He said, I'm glad you were able to do that for her. I just wish I was able to. I should be the one to take care of her that way. I looked at him and I said, I can understand that. And in no way was I trying to make you feel any less of a man or provider to your wife. But at least I was able to do it. And that's what matters. Not a matter who did it. It's a matter that it was done. And she can see and she feels pretty. Sally, though, my mom kept having issues with her glasses. And was having trouble focusing in them. And they were just having headaches. And, well, she actually broke them. And so we went to go get them repaired. And that's when we discovered that even though I paid almost $600 for these glasses... For a whole year, my mom was wearing these glasses. They were the wrong prescription. For a whole year, she was wearing the wrong prescription. Does that matter now? Well, yeah, it mattered, and it mattered then, too. It matters now because, well, my mom is blind. She went blind in 2012 to wet macular degeneration, and she was never compensated for their mistake. Did it cost her vision? I'm sure it didn't help it. She doesn't have to wear glasses anymore. <laughs> and, um, you know, but still, I think she would rather. I know she'd rather. <laughs> but she can't see to do her hair or her makeup. I do that for her now. When my dad was alive, he did that for her. <laughs> One time he colored her hair. 
<laughs> and none of us had the heart to, to, to say anything to either one of them. Um, <laughs> we don't want to take away the happy and proud smile on his face after he colored her hair. But as us females know, and anybody else that handles hair dye, um, knew that you need to mix the ingredients up. And not just pour the ingredients in the container and then just apply. Well, my dad did not know that. Bless his heart. <laughs> and my mom had the most beautiful, multicolored, bluish gray hair a wonderful, loving husband could possibly provide for his wife. <laughs> Which not only made her beautiful, but he sure was one happy man. And his eyes just lit up the way he looked at her when he was all done. All she knew is how it made her feel, knowing that her husband did that for her and she couldn't even see the results. But they both were so happy. And none of us were gonna take that moment, steal that from them. Now, since my mom is blind, she has developed a fun experience disease. And I don't know if some of you may be familiar with it, but it's called Charles Bonnet Syndrome. Basically, when you're blind and the eyes are bored, so to speak, and they have nothing to do because you can't see anything, it makes up things sometimes for you to see things and, and tries to stimulate your mind, if you will, I guess. And it creates things. Not all the time, but sometimes. And sometimes I'll hear my mom say, well, my Charles Bonnet's attic came up today. She said, today, I saw an elephant in the living room. And another time I saw, I don't remember what it was she said that she saw. And she said, another time I saw some construction workers outside. Now, I didn't mind that one. <laughs> I had to laugh at her on that. She said, but I knew there was no elephant uh, in the house because I knew there was no elephant in the house. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I tried to look up different ways to handle her, her vision um, hallucinations and to help her work through them. Because she knew that they were not true because she knew she was blind. And the other day, um, actually just the other day, probably a couple days ago, we were in her bedroom and uh, she said, I saw a, a light go by me and she's like, for a minute there, she's my Charles Bonnet's kicking in. She said, for a minute there, I could see the outside trees blowing and a light shining. But then when I tried to enjoy the wind and the sunshine, it was gone. And I lost it. And she said I couldn't see it no more. Now to some that would make her sound crazy, right? Why does that have to be crazy? Because she imagined seeing trees blowing in the sunshine? Well, most of us see that on a day-to-day -day basis. So we don't even look up at it from our devices long enough to even enjoy it. But yet we have a woman here that can't see and has to imagine seeing it. You know, how long, you know how long it's been since my mother has even been able to go outside or even get out of her bed for that matter? My point of all this is, is that just because someone doesn't see or feel the same way you might, doesn't mean that they don't enjoy their own perspective and the riddle of the colors, the things, the places, the people, the sounds. Sometimes they may not even hear anything. 
Sometimes they may not be able to see anything, and they have to imagine it. Silence, either visually or even audio, can be so loud, it's deafening and blinding. Now, I had a, I had a, a friend of mine that I was talking about above that was talking about how people thought, you know, they were crazy and, and stuff. And I, you know, I made the comment, you know, if it's real to you, you know, just because it's not real to me doesn't mean it's not real to you. And that in itself makes it real. And I wrote this poem for them. And after them telling me that they felt like nobody understood, I wrote this poem and I told them that this is the way I saw what I felt that they were going through. This is how I perceived it. And I'm going to read it to you. The silent screams echo through the dark. With each penetrating screech, it can leave a heavy mark. From a world no one else can hear or see, it can make believe only real to me. Things that are said nobody knew, just like I never saw them as untrue. Pain and sorrow of emotions of the past made it seem like eternity and would forever last. Am I going crazy? Is my world insane? Or am I just a victim where the darkness knows my name? Leave me alone and let me be because you have already made me hurt all those that really love me. I am worth more than what I, I show but fall hard to the abyss nobody will ever know. I can get better and make everything all right as long as my light shines and makes my path bright. And I went on later, a few years later, when I was going through my battle of depression and a lot of things I went through after my son passed away, or my grandson passed away, I'm sorry. And I wrote one for myself because that was my therapy, my journaling, if you will. I write poetry. <laughs> um, and I will read that now if you don't mind. I look through the eyes of a stranger at all the things I didn't want to see. Many bouts with darkness that always tried to run free. Depression found a home in the center of the pain that took over the world, pounding down like rain. The storm grew and knocked down a life that was only trying to live. But the thunder echoed louder with all it had to give. Trying to seek shelter with no supplies from home. Only left the journey feeling lost, abandoned, and alone. Finding a way to keep warm from the elements of the abyss outside. Only left enough room for any hope to reside. Wiping the sadness away from my eyes uncovered this mask that was hiding in disguise, blocking a true reality that was now plain to see. The stranger's eyes I found actually really belonged to me. If you struggle at all in any way that hinders you a positive perspective on your well-being, Please talk to someone.
There are so many resources. If you can't remember a long number, then remember this important number. 988. It is a suicide crisis line. Or here in Indiana, we have the information line. 211. And if all numbers fail, and, you, and none come to mind, or you can't remember those, please dial 911. Because your mental safety is an emergency, and you should be able to handle it as such. If you don't have a phone, well then I can tell you a hotline that would love to intervene, and it only takes a simple yet complicated prayer. Simple to do, yeah, but complicated to believe that you are worth that prayer especially when you don't see yourself in any other way. I had a best friend that didn't do any of these above. And she knew no other way. You do make an impact in this world. To many people, too many people, sit and cry over the loss of someone to not feel like your presence will be forever mourned. It's just so sad and heartbreaking. That is a blindness that some people have a feeling of. That something is different and they just can't put their finger on it. But they feel something is off. And then they watch until they can't see their taillights of their loved one anymore. And it fades off into the distance. Or they hang up the phone and they just have this disturbing feeling about themselves. But later discovered that what they were feeling now is a mourning at a funeral that you now have to see. And I went through that. My best friend gone forever. All because her husband abused her and made her feel worthless and better off without her. I, on the other hand... <laughs> had the news given to me on a voicemail by her husband. I forever mourn her. So I did, you know, I guess in one aspect she did kind of have the last word if you want to. Uh, she kind of had the last word with him. Um, I guess she killed herself on Father's Day in uh, the year 2021. No, I'm sorry, 2001. I'm sorry, time gets away from me. 2001, Father's Day. And in the memo of her check, because you know, we had checks back then, <laughs> she wrote, Happy Father's Day. I, on the other hand, struggle with Father's Day because of this. But now double time because of losing my dad last year. So now that I only reminded my best friend's gone, but now I have the loss of my dad that I can't celebrate it with anymore. And I see it a whole lot different than ever before. And it's very hard for me to see things that say world's greatest dad or best dad ever, or, you know, or things like that. And it's, it's, um, it's very heartbreaking <laughs> to say the least. And I am so sorry wholeheartedly to anybody that is going through any struggles in your mind and in your world. Please, please, if your world overtakes you, please remember these valuable lessons 
if at all possible. I lived and exercised some things that I learned while going through my journey of a battle that was far deeper than what I ever imagined my life to ever take me. And I wish that I had known them sooner, but I guess that's how I had to learn them. And um, I still utilize them to this day, especially when my anxiety kicks in in full force. And if you can't, then please reach out to someone until someone hears your silent cries. And I would like to give you three examples. When my dad passed away, this is what I said to my mom. This is not my example. This is what I said to her. This is it. When he passed, it was going to be the hardest year of her. The first year was going to be the hardest year of her life because everything was the first time this, first time that, first holiday gone, first birthday gone, first this, everything. And it, the crying will eventually slow down, but it will never stop. But it will come in waves. And sometimes it'll kick in and you won't even realize it. You'll just start crying out of the blue. And you just got to remember to do three things, if at all possible, that I learned to do. Number one, remember to breathe. Yes, of course, your number breath is very important. Your normal breath is very, very important. Please continue to do that, if all possible. <laughs> But breathe through your anxiety. Breathe through your anxiety. Through the 54321 or whatever you can do to breathe through your anxiety and breathe it out. Because if you don't, your own breath can suffocate you. Number two, try to try. To some people that sounds crazy maybe. But to somebody just trying is overwhelming. Even if you don't achieve what you are trying to do, keep trying, keep moving, keep doing the best you can until eventually you will get strong enough and you will be finally be able to do more of your life. Sometimes that first step is always the hardest. Number three, and I feel this was the most vital one for me. Put your feelings somewhere. Get them out somewhere. Get them out somehow. If you have them all bottled up inside you, eventually it's going to swell up and to the point that you will feel like you will self-implode. And it could be the literally the death of you. I started a program on my Facebook group page. I do a lot for others and I try to provide resources as much as possible. Unfortunately, uh, I have not been able to keep as involved with it as I was before my dad passed away as my main priority obviously is with my mother. Um, and I don't need a group page to know that, but she is my top priority. But anyway, I started a program that is called Bearing It Through the Holidays. Now this started because after the death of my grandson. My youngest daughter, not my grandson's mother, but my youngest daughter, she was probably about 13 or 14 at the time, bought me a teddy bear to comfort me. I named him Patrick, and he wears a pair of bib overalls. <laughs> and now he looks like a mushed little pancake. <laughs> 
Patrick has endured a lot of my feelings. Thank goodness he is stuffed and he is stuffed with a lot of my feelings. <laughs> um, but he has been my best friend and the comfort uh, that I have needed in my dark, dark moments of my life. He and my daughter, my youngest daughter, have literally saved my life. Even to this day. And I would not have been able to have Patrick had I not been blessed with my youngest daughter. When a really good friend of mine passed away, I gave his fiance and his daughter each a teddy bear with outfits. And these outfits, they match the relationships of whatever relationship they had with uh, my friend. For instance, his fiance, I was able to get her certain things of uh, things that he called her, you know, nickname. And then his daughter, I was able to like get an outfit that said daddy's girl and, and stuff like that. And I had another friend who unfortunately was a victim to um, an overdose. Uh, his Xanax was laced with fentanyl. And, um, which is a very serious, uh, very serious and sad experience that no parent should ever have to go through. Nobody should have to go through. And, uh, I gave her a teddy bear, dressed it in a style and, um, that I felt suited her son and I knew her son and, uh, my heart breaks for her, you know, to this day. And she tells me that she sleeps with that teddy bear every night. And unfortunately, the dog got a hold of it and ate one of its eyeballs. And um, But she still sleeps with that teddy bear. It gives it character. <laughs> um, and I'm glad to know that. I'm glad to know that she has comfort. When my dad passed away, I gave my sister a teddy bear. And dressed it up in a Colts jersey. Because she's a Colts fan. And my mom. One of her friends gave her a teddy bear. To help her find comfort. She named him Bernie. After my dad. I ended up making him a shirt. Uh, I made it for her for Mother's Day. Or it might have been her birthday. One or the other. It doesn't matter. Anyway, I made it. Um, and I ended up making this shirt, and my dad had wrote her a letter a long time ago. And I don't know how most, some guys are just, I don't know, I, I feel so bad. Some guys just think that they're not good with words, but you know what, that's what makes it so beautiful. Because it's not having to have a big, huge vocabulary and all these fancy, fancy things to say. To me, it's just the mere effort and thought of even taking the time to want to take the time that makes it special to me and um, he wrote this letter to her years ago and I giggle at it because it's at the end of it he says well that's all I can think of right now <laughs> um, but it showed its beauty very much and how much he loved her and I um, I pressed it to a small little t-shirt for her teddy bear to wear and I thought if she was going to find comfort in something why not snuggle to the comfort of her husband's words and how he felt towards her? My mom's very protective of that bear. And I smile every time I go in there and I check on her. And she's snuggled up deep with that teddy bear. 
clenching it like there's just nothing else in the world that mattered. My mom is 71 years old. And my friend is in her 60s, I believe. And if she's not, I apologize. Um, and I'm 50. Just turned 50 this year. We're not ashamed to admit that we sleep with a teddy bear. Regardless of how anybody else may look at us. My teddy bear is on my bed. And I have been, I was in a relationship um, with someone at the time. And he slept on one side and my teddy bear slept with me on the other side. And I love the fact that he never made fun of me over it. We all know how valuable and life-saving each one of our bears continue to be. So find somewhere to put your feelings, even if it's something as simple as a bear. If you need a bear or any sort of stuffed animal to put your feelings in, please get a hold of me. I'll be more than happy to find a way to see about getting you something and to make it happen for you. Especially if it will not only save your life, but all those that would rather see you snuggled with a silly stuffed animal than lying in a casket because you felt no other way to put your feelings. I will try my best to find a way to help you put a place to put your feelings. I would like to thank everybody today that has not only joined me in my podcast, but especially to all of you that were able to take a simple but yet suffocating breath today. That in itself is a huge and beautiful thing to see. This is Dee, and you have been listening to my podcast. Let me clear my throat. Riddle diddle Dee, I see something you can't see. As I always say on my group page, Our House, from our house to yours, have a safe and blessed night.